As the rector of St. Bride's Church, Fleet Street, I warmly welcome you to this service, which is brought to you while our doors are closed due to the coronavirus outbreak. It has been collated from our archive of live choral music, together with readings, prayers, and a sermon recorded for this service. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this Trinity Sunday. Wherever you are in the world and however you are listening to us, 
we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him, through our Lord Jesus Christ, our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders, Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The Old Testament reading is taken from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 6, beginning at the first verse. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. This is the word of the Lord.
The New Testament lesson is taken from the Gospel according to John, chapter 16, beginning at the fifth verse. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. This is the word of the Lord.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In the days when I was training for ministry many years ago, it was the source of some amusement at my theological college that around this time of year, there would be an upsurge in inquiries from local clergy asking whether one of our students might like to go and preach for them, specifically on Trinity Sunday. The conclusion that we drew was that they were evidently keen to avoid having to do it themselves, presumably because they regarded the prospect of preaching on the Trinity as a challenge that they could do without. I myself have always found that kind of attitude surprising because, as I was saying in my sermon at this morning's Eucharist, I don't find the Trinity difficult at all. Indeed, I suspect that the reason why some people, even some clergy, do find it a struggle is because they start in completely the wrong place. They seem to think that in order to understand the Trinity, you have to begin by grappling with the complex philosophical debates of the fourth century and all that language about consubstantial persons and hypostases, language that belongs to an era when the formal doctrine of the Trinity was being hammered out. That is a bad mistake. Keep it simple. Above all, remember that the Trinity emerged out of the lived reality of the people of God, who found that they could only adequately begin to describe their experience of God through reference to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They recognized that the three absolutely and inextricably belonged together and that at one and the same time they were both distinct and yet one and the same. So the Trinity was first and foremost rooted in lived experience its starting point was not abstract theorizing. For the same reason, I have always been fascinated by a poem that was written specifically for Trinity Sunday by the 17th century priest and poet George Herbert. Like so much of Herbert's poetry, it is written straight from the heart and in relation to the Trinity itself, I defy anyone to find any abstract theorizing within it whatsoever. On the contrary, this is a profoundly personal poem, which indeed feels more like a prayer in its direct appeal to God for his forgiveness, his mercy, and his grace. And also typical of George Herbert's writing, it is a masterpiece of both form and concision. The more time I spend reflecting upon this incredibly short and profoundly moving poem, the more masterly I find it to be, particularly given its brevity and its artistry. Indeed, the very form of the poem reflects its subject matter, which is another characteristic feature of Herbert's poetry, by the way. Appropriately enough for a poem on the Trinity, it comprises three verses, each one of which contains three lines. Within each verse, all three lines rhyme, which adds to the wonderful sense of the unity and equality and coherence of every component part within that verse. And 
guess what? There are three themes woven into each of the three verses. I'm sure you can start to appreciate just how skillful this is. Let me now talk you through each verse in turn before reading the poem in its entirety, and you will perhaps understand why I find it so extraordinary and so moving, despite, or perhaps because of, its brevity and its honest simplicity. In the first verse, the poet addresses the three persons of the Trinity in turn. First, God the Creator, who, as the poet puts it, formed me out of mud. Spot the deft allusion there to the creation of the very first man in the second chapter of Genesis, in that reference to mud, the dust of the earth out of which Adam was made. Second, he addresses God the Redeemer, who has redeemed the poet through his blood. The reference here is, of course, to the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And thirdly, the Holy Spirit, the Sanctifier, the one who makes us holy and enables us to do good. In the second verse, the poet opens up his heart to us and we glimpse his inner life as he appeals for pardon for his sins, which he confesses to the Trinitarian God before committing himself to striving to sin no more. And then in the final verse, the poet seeks God's blessing on the three principal parts of his active self, his heart, his mouth, and his hands, that they may be enriched through the three greatest virtues, faith, hope, and charity. Note that everything in this poem comes in threes. And there is another glorious little trinity in the closing line where the poet expresses the heartfelt desire that he might run, rise, rest with thee. To run, to rise, and to rest. He wishes to rededicate every aspect of his life to companionship with God. I note, incidentally, that Herbert chooses to imply companionship here rather than to speak of service to God. Mark Oakley, in his wonderful book of reflections on Herbert's poetry entitled My Sour Sweet Days, observes that a recurrent theme in Herbert's work is the idea of God as friend. As Mark Oakley puts it, Herbert doesn't put God on some pious pedestal, but talks to him. And although this particular poem is not one that Mark Oakley includes in his collection, I think we glimpse the same thing here too. God as our companion, as our friend. This poem by George Herbert is a poem of disarming simplicity and utter genius. 
I shall now read it for you. Lord, who hast formed me out of mud and hast redeemed me through thy blood and sanctified me to do good, purge all my sins done heretofore, for I confess my heavy score and I will strive to sin no more. Enrich my heart, mouth, hands in me, with faith, with hope, with charity, that I may run, rise, rest with thee. Amen. Let us pray. Father of heaven, whose love profound a ransom for our souls has found, we pray for the world created by your love, for its nations and governments. We ask for your blessing on the leaders of this and every nation. Extend to them your peace, pardoning love, mercy and grace. Lord, in thy mercy, 
hear our prayer. Almighty Son, incarnate Word, our Prophet, Priest, Redeemer, Lord. We pray for the Church, created for your glory, for its ministry to reflect those works of yours. We ask particularly today for your blessing on the Anglican Church of Mexico and its presiding bishop, Francisco, for the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Iceland, for bishops Agnes, Solvig and Christian, for the Spanish Reformed Episcopal Church and its Bishop Carlos. In our own diocese, we pray for the work of Richard, Archdeacon of Middlesex, and for his personal assistant, Victoria. On this Environment Sunday, we pray for our care of this world and for the work of organisations and charities in this field. Extend to us your salvation, your mercy and grace. Lord, in thy mercy, hear, hear our, prayer. our prayer. Eternal Spirit, by whose breath the soul is raised from sin and death, we pray for families and individuals created in your image, for the lonely, the bereaved, the sick and the dying. Breathe on them the breath of life and bring them to your mercy and grace. Lord, in thy mercy, hear, hear our, prayer. our prayer. Thrice holy, Father, Spirit, Son, mysterious Godhead, three in one, we pray for ourselves, for your church, for all whom we remember before you. We ask in particular for your blessing on the recently departed and for those whose year's mind comes at this time. Rest eternal grant unto them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. Lord, in thy mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers, prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen.
The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always.